Proactive Athletes is the premier place that empowers student athletes to overcome the challenges of college sports recruitment. Their unparalleled expertise and influential network will guide you towards realizing your fullest potential. At Proactive Athletes, they understand that each student athlete is unique, facing their own set of obstacles. That's why their dedicated team takes the time to comprehend your individual needs, providing a comprehensive hands-on approach tailored to your success. With their personalized attention and unwavering support, they ensure your satisfaction every step of the way. Through their vast network, they have successfully connected with over 2.3 million coaches, giving your child's profile the exposure it deserves. In fact, their student-athletes' profiles have been viewed by an astounding 716,000 coaches, solidifying their reputation as the go-to platform for recruitment. What sets them apart is their data-driven approach, allowing them to make informed decisions that result in better outcomes for their student-athletes. By harnessing the power of data, they maximize your child's chances of success as they embark on the next chapter of their athletic journey. Join the ranks of proactive athletes and unlock your true potential. Let them amplify your talent, connect you with coaches that want you but may not have known about you, and pave the way for your future success. Together, they will defy the odds and ensure that your dreams become a reality. Don't wait any longer. Get proactive in your child's recruitment process today by visiting proactiveathletes.com. And make sure you use Shark Effect 10 for 10% off. This world, and again, I'm not trying to go off on a thing here, but we're not set up. Human nature isn't set up for greatness. Um, we're, we have too many detours to follow the stream of the other seven and a half million people. And it's so hard to really have the courage of conviction. It is so hard because you start to feel alone and just human nature is, well, if I'm alone and it's different, it must be bad. I'm not going where everyone else is going. Mm-hmm. Well, hell, you don't want what everyone else wants. Welcome to the Shark Effect. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I'm a former NFL veteran, and now I'm a leadership and personal development speaker and coach. In this podcast, you will hear inspirational and humorous stories from leaders of all walks of life, from current and former professional athletes, coaches, authors, experts, executives, and successful business owners. Discover how these leaders not only overcame obstacles, but also learned core principles that led to their success when leading others. All right, Ed, tell me a little bit about yourself, man. You, so for my listeners, I've known Ed for, I don't know, man, 10 years? Has it been something, something like that? that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm horrible at that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we first met um, at Nike's campus, and he's a, um, you, know, you know, a basketball development coach. But we knew some of the same people, and I kept hearing great things about Ed, and they kept telling me, man, you need, to, you need to reach out and contact, or you and Ed need to link up. And so we did that over 10 years ago. Um, I've had a chance to, to work with him. Uh, at one of his basketball camps or the basketball camps that, that he's affiliated with. And I came in and I had a chance just to kind of be a fly on the wall for the first probably 15 to 20 minutes of the basketball clinic. And to hear him, how he coached 
And it was so powerful. And these kids, man, he was breaking things down that they could all understand it. And it wasn't over their heads, you know, even though he could go over their heads, but he kept it at, at the base level. And it was, and then he kind of built on top of that. And I was just, you know, I was, uh, I was deeply inspired by how he, how he taught. And, you know, we kind of just built a relationship after that. So, um, yeah, my guest is Ed LeBlanc. Ed, man, thanks for being a guest on my podcast, The Shark Effect. Oh, Alex, man. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Uh, I, of course. Yeah, happy to be here. Excited. Yeah. Yeah, 10 years, man. That's crazy, huh? Seems like the other day. <laughs> I know. Uh, and, and Alex, you, you also left off uh, our pool workouts after my Achilles injury. I, I figured that's oh, what you'd leave right. with. <laughs> that's when right. You to kill, when, you were, when you were trying to kill me. That's right. <laughs> I was making you better. That's what I was doing. That's, people can, people right. call it different things. Right. People call it different things. Yeah. That uh, was just my way of thanking you. Sorry. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> so, Ed, man, so you've been coaching hoop for over 15 years. What what got you started? Yeah. Um, great question. Um, I could never imagine not having basketball in my life. Um, and I could never imagine not spending a lot of time doing basketball. It was, you know, it was a passion. It still is, obviously, major. And, um, you know, when my playing career ended, uh, I just didn't, didn't want basketball to end. And I wanted to help. Uh, I want to be impactful to the game. I want to learn more about the game. Um, I, knew, I knew the most powerful thing in the world, which was I knew there was, there was a lot I didn't know. Um, and I wanted to know, I wanted to figure out how, why, when, uh, you know, what, because, right. I wanted to find all those things out. And, um, so I just got into, to coaching, uh, with, the, uh, still living in Louisiana at the time and started coaching a little team and, um, didn't know anything at all other than I liked basketball and wanted to help kids. And, it just kind of took off from there. Uh, so I think the answer to your question is just the love of the game got me into it and I just didn't want it to be over. You know, that is really just kind of snowballed itself into, to, you know, 15 plus years. The love of the game. How did you first get involved with basketball? I mean, I'm always looking to, you know, to hear like the backdrop of the stories of how we get started and, and how do we develop a passion for something? How did you first develop a passion for basketball? Uh, at a very young age, you mean? Like when I was a little kid? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, multiple factors, right? Um, one was just my upbringing. You know, my grandfather loved it. Uh, he'd always watch the Lakers and the Celtics. And, uh, you know, he was a judge. And it was one of the few times I saw him, like, show, like, like vulnerable human emotion when he wasn't in judge mode, right? He was just, like, pulling for the Celtics and excited and you know, so I was like, oh, what is this about? And then it just kind of took. And uh, and then I, I was fortunate enough to go to some basketball camps as a kid, a really young kid, you know, probably seven, eight, nine, ten years old to, uh, you know, LSU's camps, Coach Dale Brown, the guy at LSU at the time. And uh, he just motivated me. I mean, he just would say things like, you can do anything in this world you want. Um, and if someone tells you, no, that's just because they can't, uh, and they're trying to, you know, make you like them. And he, he just said things to me, even at a young age, I was just like, I want to be like that. 
I, I want to be influential like that. I want to inspire people like that because I felt it, right? I'd never felt those feelings before. I was like, man, if a basketball coach is giving you that, that's what they do. They inspire. They, they, they make yeah. you feel like you're better than you are. And um, I remember leaving those camps just on top of the world. And uh, it was almost irrational. Like I was better than I was, though I wasn't. <laughs> but, but, you know, Dale made, Dale made me feel that way. Uh, so the motivation piece was probably a big fuel to my passion at a, at a very, very young age. And um, it was almost like the saying, now that we all know, fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was almost like that. It's like, man, I'm going to be really good. It's like, nope, I'm still not good. It's like, no, I'm going to be really good. It's like, nope, you're still not good. <laughs> uh, so, so I think that just the pursuit of that was really what got the passion there at a young age. Mm, that's, that's pretty cool. So when you're coaching, I mean, so you've been coaching for over 15 years and you do, I mean, you're a core director for the PGC, the point guard college. Uh, you have your your own uh, you know your own camps or, or clinics that you that you put on. What's the na- uh, the name of your of your court own sessions. court sessions? Court se- yeah, yeah. We we do we do player development and skill development for coaches, players, and teams. And uh, we work with players from the seventh grade level and coaches at that level as well, all the way through the NBA. Uh, and every level in between, just working on player development, coach development, skill development, uh, vocabulary development, soft skill development, leadership development, culture development. Um, because early on uh, in my career, doing skill development only at that point, right, just going, hey, footwork here, fingertips here, jab step here, uh, I realized, man, that only gets you good enough to get you frustrated. If, if you don't have everything else around it, right? If you don't have the right leadership around it, if you don't have the right, right work ethic around it, if you don't have the right people around it, if you don't have the right uh, nurturing system to make these skills flourish, if you don't have the right approach, skills are really not going to help you much. Uh, they'll help you enough to get you frustrated again. So it, it took me then, I got good enough to realize I wasn't good enough uh, and realize I had to go learn all these other things and and still am, you know, but I had to surround myself with more people and get mentors and, and learn all these other things to make my core base where I started with skill development actually impactful. Because if not, I'm just helping you with the jab step. But if I haven't encouraged your work ethic and I haven't helped your discipline and haven't helped your character, and if I haven't helped all those things, well, then I've just given you a little fancy toy that you, you don't even get to use. Um, so that opened up all these other things, which now we do. Man, I love that because it sounds like it's not just the skill development; it's the the whole the whole thing. Whether it's mindset, you know, I've heard leadership, like leadership development, and it's not just for these young kids. You are, you actually do it for coaches at the highest level. Tell me a little bit more about that. What's what's leadership in your world? How does that? <laughs> Man. And I'll make it broad. Like a, I'm gonna make it broad, and I yeah, can let you. Yeah, I'll let you narrow yeah. it down however you want. Boy, I think you know for all the listeners. I think Alex just asked a million dollar question, like, "What is leadership?" Uh, because I think it's a little bit of a chameleon, uh, meaning it's always changing relative to the audience and, and, and the circumstances. But yet, there's some things that are never changing. Um, 
And, you know, I heard Herm Edwards say something the other day. Uh, I was watching him because I always try to learn from people, right? And sometimes mm-hmm. I actually learn better from not watching basketball people because I'm trying to dissect the basketball piece as opposed to getting the leadership piece. And I heard Herm Edwards say something the other day that he says, you know, someone asked him, they said, well, what rules have you brought from the NFL to college now that he's at Arizona State? And he says, I don't have rules. And the reporter kind of turned his head like, we mean you don't have rules. He said, what's the point of rules? I have standards. And our standards dictate what we do. And I can have a rule, but if you want to break it, you'll break it. But if you have a standard to this team, we'll act accordingly. We, we, we go off standards. Uh, so for me, that was just such a wonderful, succinct, efficient way to put what it is. It's about standards. Now, under that comes communication. Uh, under that comes modeling behavior. Uh, under that comes uh, being in line with goals and everyone being in the same place, um, having like-minded people. But, you know, for me, you know, leadership comes down to a couple things. It comes down to vision. It comes down to courage of conviction. Uh, it comes down to honesty, uh, which is a part of courage. Uh, it comes down to um, treating everyone equal or treating everyone fair, but not equal. Um, you have to have that. Uh, and there has to be just a, an immense amount of respect for everyone you work with. Um, and you know, from there, I think leadership takes its time. And I think as a, as a leader uh, or someone like myself, I need to become a, a really powerful leader. Uh, I have to understand that it's not always going to feel good. Uh, and that today is just to get me to tomorrow sometimes, right? It's just planting seeds, watering them, letting them grow, giving it time, showing people you believe in them, empowering them, uh, and knowing that, hey, as a leader, I'm not here to do for you. I'm not here to tell you. I'm here to support you. Uh, and some days I'm going to be walking ahead of you. Some days I'm going to be the wind at your back. Some days we're going to be side by side, but I'm always going to be here. I'm always going to be here. Uh, and different days will be in different places, but I'll always be here for you. Um, and I think also one of the best signs of a leader is you always don't, you always don't have to lead at some point. You just let it go and let the people you're working with or doing it for do it themselves. Um, but boy, that's a tough question because there's so much to it. There's no, there's no do this and it happens, right? <laughs> Most definitely, man. There's, there's so much to it. And I've always believed in, you know, with it's, it's based on principles and it shouldn't be situational, right? It should be foundational principles that you live by. And like what you just said, like with Herm, I think the standards, that's, I mean, that, sounds like principles right so so what are you, some of your like core principles when you're developing these these young athletes yeah uh that's a really really great one because just last night with my court session team we re, we always are redefining we're always churning the earth right we're not going hey we just put this in cement. It's there forever. It's like, no, readdress it. Is it still good? Is that still working for us? Is that still yes. where we, we need to be? Um, so just last night we came up with some. Uh, so some of my standards uh, as it pertains to leadership are uh, in no specific order. Be sincere. Be sincere. Um, and I, I'm sure, I, I don't know, but I'm assuming, it was always dangerous, I guess, to assume, but I'm assuming that football players are like basketball players in the sense that the worst player on the field 
and the best player in the field have very few things in common. But one of the things they have in common is they can tell when the coach is a fake. They can tell when the coach is just being a dictator and he's not caring about you. Somehow they know that, right? They know that. It's just this weird internal perceptive thing players have. They feel it from you. Uh, so that's my first thing is to be sincere. Um, and um, I tell coaches all the time. I tell my staff. I tell my players, uh, the colleagues I work with. Um, we're in the honesty business. We're in the honesty business. Uh, before I can help you with your footwork, before I can help you with your leadership, we have to be honest about where we are to get to where we want to be, whether it be individually or collectively. Uh, so one, being sincere. Uh, two, being honest. Um, and then being dependable, knowing you can always count on me. Always. Um, if I give you my commitment, it's here. Uh, and then from there, it has to be, uh, after being authentic and uh, always being present and being honest, is passion. And passion shows up for me in two ways. One, love, right? Just genuine love. Not for you as the athlete, Alex. Not for you as the athlete that helps me in my business and we do this thing together. But you actually as a person. Like, where are you in your life? Like, tough day? Yeah. Maybe your jumper's not so good today. Like, I got to love you to help you. Uh, and the second way passion shows up is by being urgent, right? Seven and a half billion people in the world. I tell people that all the time. Like someone's already got your life. Someone's already living in your house. Someone's already got your life, man. Like you better go get it. Like time's running out quick. Seven and a half billion people. So you got to be urgent and you can't be urgent about things you don't care about. You know what I mean? Like I'm not urgent to go do the dishes. I'm just not. Uh, but I, but I am urgent. Uh, well, Mary Ann better make me urgent to do the dishes. I'll get in trouble, but I am urgent about helping players because man, the clock's ticking in your career. Like your two biggest, your two biggest rivals, your two biggest, you know, opponents in life is your potential and time. So we're going to do it. We got to be urgent. Um, and third is courage. Uh, courage for me has to become a, a principle, a standard in leadership. Uh, the courage is a, uh, the belief in what we're doing, right? Um, belief is easy when you start a mission and belief is easy when you are doing well in the mission. Belief is not easy on those dog days where today was not a good day. And I think one of the things coaches need to understand is to be a good coach. You have to be willing to feel like a bad coach. You have to be able to leave the field the court or the arena going today won the day. I didn't do well today. The players didn't get it today to understand that that's part of the process because we have a lot of detours as leaders to sell out, to feel good, though we know it's not helping them. It helps immediately. We all leave feeling well, but it's not part of the process to, 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 to your potential, to your greatness. So the belief in what we're doing is right and the courage to stick with it. Uh, the second part of courage is being vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. I have to be vulnerable to you as a leader. I can't always have it all figured out. I have to tell you, you know what, fellas, I don't know. You tell me what you need. I, I, I'm sorry. I made that mistake. Hey, you know, I am doing this. To, I'm seeking out leadership. I am seeking out counsel. I am seeking out mentors myself to make me better for you. You have to be vulnerable. Uh, that's a sign of leadership. Um, and the third one uh, is to empower. To empower. For players and, and everyone we work with to know that we are just here to support you. You're not going to do this because of us. You're going to do this because of you with our support. So just to empower them. Uh, and to know that, hey, through this, we hope that by learning your greatest self, this formula, uh, whether, you, you know, from us, it's pursuing basketball, you know, Alex with you it was football, but that formula is what makes you successful. 
And if you learn that through sport, there it is. There's the gift, right? I mean, absolutely. So, so it's, it's, it's the empowerment piece. Man, this is, I hope my listeners are picking this up because we didn't really talk about basketball. <laughs> we don't talk, we didn't talk about basketball. And for me, when you don't have to talk about like that sport or whatever, when you just really talk about the principles of it, you can see how you can apply this in your life. With these things that, that Ed just just spoke about, man, I'm gonna be a better father today. Oh man, <laughs> come on, I'm on, I'm serious. I'm gonna be a better I can be a better father today. I can be a better leader in my company. I can be these are good leaders, they show up everywhere, right? It's not just in a sport. It's not just in a boardroom and it's not just at home, like all of it. If you, if you have a solid foundation that it's, it's foundational, right? It's, it's foundational. It's not situational. So this is fantastic. Yeah. And you know, around that courage piece, Alex, you know, hearing you say that about how it's, you know, it's foundational and it's about the belief is, no one tells you this when you enter into something, but no one says this to you. Hey man, it's going to be lonely. Like it's going to be lonely. No one tells you that. And they actually don't even, when they, not only do they not tell you that, but when you even figure it out, you still don't know what it means because people don't realize that you can be full of surrounded by people and still be alone. And this world. And again, I'm not trying to go off on a thing here, but we're not set up. Human nature isn't set up for greatness. Um, we're, we have too many detours to follow the stream of the other seven and a half million people. And it's so hard to really have the courage of conviction. It is so hard because you start to feel alone and just human nature is, well, if I'm alone and it's different, it must be bad. I'm not going where everyone else is going. Mm-hmm. Well, hell, you don't want what everyone else wants, but we never stop to even think that. We never even stop to think, well, wait, I don't want what you want. So I should be different and different isn't bad. It's just different. It's not better either. It's just different because my, my destination is different than yours. So therefore the journey should be different. Right. But we don't even, we don't even, we don't even think that way. Uh, And so again, human nature is not set up to have a successful business. Human nature is not set up to have good marriages. Human nature is not set up to have friendships. Human nature is not set up to be vulnerable and tell your friend, man, Hey man, I'm weak today. Help. We're not set up to do that. Um, and, and I think that's why so many people don't reach their potential. And I think when you don't reach your potential and you know it inside, whether you ever admit it to another human being or not, it has too many ancillary benefits. There's too much shrapnel to that. And, uh, I don't know, man, I, that, that, you know, for me, that's my biggest thing is I just don't want to have regret. I'd rather be a big failure than have regret. Um, so yeah, yeah. no, no, I definitely hear what you're talking about. Absolutely. Talking about being lonely. And it's so, it's so easy to go with the, with the crowd. And I think that's when pure pressure, right? Right. You're afraid to be alone. So, you know, especially the, the teenagers of this world, they're very susceptible to pure pressure. Right. Cause they don't yeah. want to be, they don't want to be 
different. They think right. that it's wrong, like you said. Right. And, and, you know, as it pertains to like sports, you know, especially with our sport of basketball, you know, I know when we work with players and coaches, you can see sometimes that players want to buy in. You can tell that they want to believe. You can tell that they would like to do whatever it is, you know, they are talking about or you guys have, we have agreed to maybe do as, you know, the best course of action. But they also want some validation and they also want some assurances that, hey, if I decide to do this, it'll happen, right? And no, that's not how it works. Like you, you, your validation has to be your belief in yourself. Like that has to be the validation you need. That has to be the only hedge of a bet you have. Can you like, say that one more time, Ed? Yeah, your, your validation has to be the belief in yourself. Like your validation has to be, I'm betting on me. The hedge of the bet has to be on yourself. Let's because go. You, you doing something doesn't guarantee it's going to happen. But you not doing something guarantees it will not happen. And what, what I find mostly, and I speak for this from personal experience before anything else, is I find that I go, okay, well, if I start, I got to get to the end, right? And I don't know how to do that necessarily, so maybe starting isn't the thing. Well, the context that's lost is once you get started, that's the actual hardest part. And once you get started, you just find, you start to know all that you didn't know before you started. And then it helps you get there. And it, it gives you the momentum, right? And small victories, you know, winning a bunch of little battles, you win the war. And getting started is the first one. Um, doing it the next day is the next one. And, you know, I mean, this country, you know, our wonderful country that we live in, if you look at most of the people anyone respects in this country, all they are is just a stubborn loser. Everyone in this country is lost. Everyone that's, that anyone respects this country is a loser. They've all lost. They're just stubborn. They just refuse to accept it. They just keep coming back. Like Steph Curry just refused to be the skinny kid from Davidson that, you know, had a dad in the media. He refused. He said, no, I'm going to make myself the greatest shooter in the world. People, you know, didn't think that was possible. Didn't matter. He bet on himself. And, and you know, there's countless people like that. Mm. Mm, that's good. That's good. Okay, so I want to kind of focus in a little bit because we've been talking more broad. I want to focus in. How do you teach someone to be great, even though they might be divisive or, or even stubborn? How do you teach them? Man, that's, 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 uh, that's tough. That's um, a tough one. Yeah, it is tough. I think you know, my, my, my mind goes to communication first, right? You have to have a reset. You have to have a level set of communication with, with the individual you're working with. And I, I'm assuming we're talking about one-on-one -on -one at this point, right, Alex? Like yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's just, you know, you have to talk about, I, I, I'm a big fan of working backwards, Meaning if Alex, I'm working with you and you're the individual that's divisive, I have to get a clear picture of where you are. And I don't want to ask you questions like, hey, Alex, you really want to be a leader, don't you? Because what are you going to say? Of course, you're going to say yes. But that I didn't get any information. Right. So I, first of all, is the communication piece. And under that is I don't believe in asking dead end questions, questions that you just get to throw one word out. And I feel like, oh, I had a good talk with Alex. He said yes. Of course, you said yes. So I just, hey, Alex, what do you want? What do you want from your career? What do you want for your time? What do you think your potential is? How hard are you willing to work for these things? Right? So everything that you say to me 
is now what I'm going to go off of. So now I'm coaching you, I'm working with you, I'm leading you relative to what you have told me. So that now becomes our contract. So when I push you hard, I'm not pushing you hard because I'm mean, I'm pushing you hard because you've asked me to. You said this, you put this down on paper. Now, if you want me to coach you different, change what you wrote, change your goals or change your actions. But something has to give. And I think we as leaders need to put more ownership on the players. And that's the empowering piece. And I think that's scary for a lot of leaders just to go, well, wait, I'm not really leading you if I'm letting you lead me and I'm just helping you along. I got to be the one dictating. I got to be the one doing all these things as the, you know, the coach, or the, the owner, the, you know, whatever it is, the person in charge. But it's not about you. You're doing it for them. And you need to figure out where they are first and say, okay, well, this is where you want to go, right? Alex, this is where you want to end up. And then you work backwards. How do we get there? And a lot of times I think players are divisive and they are maybe tough to deal with because they don't have hope. And if you don't have hope, me going from where I am to where I, yeah, that sounds great being there, man, that's like going to Mars. I have no idea how to get there. And if it's either here or there, I'm just going to stay here because I'm already here and human nature keeps it real easy. So I think once you start to work backwards, you define small wins. Alex, we're not trying to get you to where you want to be tomorrow. We're trying to get you here tomorrow. Just show up. Just show up with this attitude. Just show up with this work ethic. Now let's just build. And as you know, Alex, it's all contagious. Negative behavior is contagious. Positive behavior is contagious. And if I'm empowering you and if I'm coaching you based on your actions and your decisions, not your results, it catches like wildfire. And I think that's really important for everyone listening to hear that. If you really want to empower, if you really want to change people, start reacting to their decision-making, not their results. Just reward decisions. Catch them being good. Reward their heart. Reward their action. I mean, their, their mindset, not even, and not even their results. It's easy to think, well, this makes sense. Do it this way and this happens. That all sounds good. And then when you put it into application, sometimes it doesn't work. That doesn't mean they're failing. That means they're trying. And everything has a maturation process. And it's interesting that, you know, I can sit here with you conceptually and say, hey, if we're trying to do this, whether it be a tangible skill like throwing a football or reading a defensive, you know, reading a wide receiver's shoulders or hips to jump a route or in basketball, you know, learning how to attack a pressure point, all this sounds good. And I know right now with you that it's going to take many reps to get good at that. But as a leader, if we react to every single rep along the way, it is not right. It just, it just kills the hope of the person we're working with. But as long as you're showing up and you're working to do it right, you will eventually get it right. And that comes from mindset, that comes from action, that comes from coachability. And if I coach your decision-making and if I coach your effort, it'll show up. It'll show up. But if I'm beating you over the head every time you get it wrong, you're going to stay right where you are. Mm. Mm, that's powerful. These are some man. These are some diamonds. These are some diamonds. I'm and I'm taking notes. And the cool thing is, I can rewind this, <laughs> <laughs> and I can even take more notes. The same thing as my listeners. Um, okay, so now we get into this period during my podcast. It it's called the Blitz period. And so oh. I know you're. I know you're a basketball guy, but I know. You know football, so you know what a blitz is. Okay. I do. I just, I'm just going to get checked down and get rid of it really quick here. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to fire a couple of questions at you, man, and just quick, you know, responses. 
Yep. Um, but you know what? I don't want to put any rules on you. If there's something that you want to dive deep in, then dive deep. Okay. 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 All right. Sure. So first question, best advice you ever was given. Oh my goodness. Easy. It's broad. I know. Let's, oh, okay. Let's no, go. Oh, very best advice I've ever been given. Uh, it was written to me in a book. Uh, a friend of mine gave me very simply said, uh, listen to your heart, have the courage to follow it. Best advice I've ever been given in my life. Listen to your heart and have the courage, have the to, courage follow it. to follow it. Yep. Love it. Um, okay. Best Great team. Great question, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Best team you've ever seen or played on. And why? Of course. Oh man, that's. A... <laughs> I know I'm putting right. you in a headlock. I, I, I know I'm putting you in a headlock, but no, no, I'm gonna do it. Uh, this my, this year, my LSU Tigers. Uh, I'm a big LSU fan. Uh, uh, my team went 15 and 0. Uh, but here's why: not because I'm not being a homer. Um, I, I'll give you the honest reason. And I think this is really good. Uh, so please take me being an LSU fan out of this as best you can, people. Um, all you haters out there. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> is, is, is that team embodied hope and spirit? So let me just give it to you real quick. They were led by a man named Ed Ogeron, who most of you know, who had been written off, failed, right? Fired from Ole Miss. Got the intern job at USC, fired. Talks goofy. He's just a recruiter. He doesn't know football. He's just a good old boy from Louisiana. He, got the, he was the third choice at LSU behind Jimbo Fisher and uh, Tom Herman, who both got other jobs, and they settled on Ed Ogeron. They basically said, hey, you're coaching for your job. They had a running back in Clyde Edwards-Alaire from Baton Rouge that LSU took last minute, was recruited by no one, and said, you're too small, you won't play. Didn't even play till his junior year. Had a quarterback in Joe Burrow that was told, you cannot play at Ohio State. They asked Nebraska, hey, I'd like to come to you. Tom Fall said, you can't play here. Like you, you, I mean, you can come, but you're not going to play had the greatest season of any college football quarterback ever, had receivers that were two-star commitments. These guys refused to accept it. They bet on themselves. They refused to accept it. And they didn't have a decent year. They didn't make good. They were special. And they all had to do it with each other. And it was an unshakable belief in themselves first, first, that inspired them to believe in each other. And it equaled magic. And that's why you couldn't beat him. It wasn't about play calling. And it wasn't about, you know, scheme. And it wasn't about star versus star. It was about, I've already won the biggest battle. This game is nothing. I've already been laughed at. I've already been told I wasn't enough. I've already been disrespected. And I'm here. You're not beating me. Nothing has ever beat me, actually, no matter what they said. So to me, you know, and I'm fortunate enough to be an LSU fan and know these things. Uh, but I think it's a, I think it's a story of hope. And I think it's a story of perseverance that every, I think it should make a movie on it because it's, it, again, it's unbelievable. Joe Burrow went from never being able to play to a Heisman trophy winner. Ed Ogeron went from you're not good enough to now being the fourth or fifth highest paid guy at his dream job. Mm. Clyde Edwards Lair <laughs> went from, you can't play to Patrick Mahomes telling Andy Reid draft him. I want this guy. He was the first running back off the board, the only running back in the first round. That's right, yeah. I mean, Justin Jefferson was a throw-in. We LSU recruited his brothers, and the deal was we need Justin to come here as well. Justin, Justin wasn't on the board for that. 
first round pick. These guys bet on themselves and they bet on each other. You can't beat people to do that. Mm, that's good. So that, so that team. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> I love it. All right. Last question. What's the secret to breakthroughs? What's the breakthroughs to breakthroughs one, one person or yourself or somebody's going one way and they hit a roadblock and then they end up finding another way either through it or around Mm it. Mm -hmm. What's the secret? Oh my goodness, man. Oh, wow. Such a great question. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Um, I think it's probably a potpourri of things. I think it's probably a potpourri of, of confidence. I think it's a probably uh, a mixture of confidence, uh, studentship, um, learning, always being learned, uh, being able to learn, uh, resiliency. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the biggest word in there for me is probably just being resilient. Yeah, confidence, belief in yourself, um, awareness to learn, always being a learner, being a student. Uh, because if you hit the roadblock, you you know people hit roadblocks and they think it's the end. It's like they don't realize take a lot of pride in even getting there. Like you got to the ceiling, you hit it. Now, you know, what got you here? We'll do more of that to get you around it. Do something different to get you around it. So courage, leadership, uh, studentship, sorry, studentship, and then um, just resiliency. Just, you know, keep going. I love it. This is great, man. Uh all right. know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to call you later tonight because I'm going to think of something different. That's okay. <laughs> Here's the cool thing is I get to edit however I want to. So. <laughs> right. right. Uh, any more tips, man? Anything else you can give my listeners? Because, I mean, there's a ton of value uh, in this episode. Is there anything else? I want to make sure, man. I, I scraped the plate. So anything yeah. else? Um, you know, PGC, the company I, I work with, um, you know, they're, they're amazing guys. Um, you know, I think it'd be great for you to have Mano Watsa, uh, the owner of PGC on, he's, he's just fantastic. And, um, you know, one of the things that our director team has said at PGC, I don't know if it was who said it, but it wasn't me, but they said, you know, uh, one of the things you can do in your life is just Jamodi. Jamodi is a weird word, but it stands for, it's just a matter of doing it right. Just a matter of doing it. And, you know, kind of like Nike saying, just do it. But sometimes in life, it's just a matter of doing it. And, um, I think everyone's capable of surprising themselves mm-hmm. and, um, I don't know, man, I, I, I'm trying to think of something I, I, we haven't said. There's a lot I'd probably still like to say. <laughs> there, uh, man, there's a ton. Like, yeah, I got, but I, I got two pages worth of notes already. Yeah. So. No, I, yeah, I, I just think, man, that we need more uh, people in life that, that really just go after their life, you know, that really attack it. You know, Alex, that's one thing that I just respect, man, about you so much is, you know, I didn't know you as a player at all, uh, but I do know you as a man. I do know you as a, as a leader. Uh, I know you as a, as a, as a husband, as a, as a father, uh, as a businessman, and you're unencumbered by fear. Uh, I'm sure you have it. I'm sure you have, you know, insecurities and just like any other human being, Yes, but man, you just, you you just go after it. And, uh, because of that, you have a fulfilled life, right? That's, that's not real. That's not tied to a bank account. Uh, and that's not tied to what other people think you just go after it. And that's what riches, that's what being rich is. That's what being happy is. You know, too many people in this life, I think just settle because like, Oh, it'd be too hard. Well, yeah, of course it is. It's not, it's supposed to be. Um, and, uh, 
yeah, I just wish we all went after it more, whatever it is. I think there's just a lot, a lot of good that comes from going after what you want. Whether you get it or not, doesn't really matter. You know, it's, it's the chase. I think that matters. Love it. I'm a totally agree with that. Ed, how can my listeners get a hold of you, man? How can they follow you? You have websites, you know, I want to give access, anything that you, you know, that people can be able to, you know, you have some clinics going on. I know it's a difficult time right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, clinics, you know, with PGC, you know, we're running a few right now for PGC. And we're PGC, of, PGC stands for Point Guard College. Just point Guard someone. College, yeah. yeah. And just for you guys know that, don't think, well, I'm not a point guard. That doesn't help me. It's about mindset. Uh, because if everyone on the court should be able to play with the mindset of a point guard. Uh, so it's, 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 it's independent of position. Uh, so PGC is pgcbasketball.com. We have a lot of stuff going on. We have a couple clinics in person still going on, but we're doing a ton of online stuff, a ton of virtual training, individual team stuff, uh, skill specific, and then just overall specific from leadership to IQ to, to shooting. And then with court sessions, uh, we're also doing a ton of things like that. We're in the, uh, predominantly in the Michigan and Boston area, also in Portland where I live, where Alex and I are. Uh, so you can find me the easiest way to probably get me right now is, um, I don't do much social media, Alex, but I do Twitter. Uh, so it's, um, at Edward five, seven, eight, nine, O a K that's at Edward five, seven, eight, nine, O a K. Um, and then I can also be reached at Edward at court sessions.com and Edward at PGC basketball.com, um, is the best way. To, to get in touch and to know anything that we would have going on at either PGC or court sessions. Um, so yeah. Fantastic. Well, Ed, man, appreciate you. Appreciate I everything appreciate you, you, you know, you, you, you do and how you inspire, not just me, but others, man. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the shark effect podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at thesharkeffect.com. Thanks for listening. It's here, finally. My book, The Ultimate Playbook for Higher Achievement. You can get it on Amazon and the uh, paper paperback version or you can get it on kindle and who this book is an in, intentionally created for is for those who are looking tra- to transition what, whether you was an athlete or an executive or a successful entrepreneur or whatever if you're looking to transition into something different this book can help you I break it down. I lay down the foundation of who you want to be. I have a chapter in there that breaks down and boils down leadership, which is influence. And you got to understand these 10 influencers that can help you with decision making, that can help you with influencing others. And how are you influenced? I have chapters in there that really breaks down my system of assignment, alignment, and adjustment. Um, recognizing the power of your environments is a chapter developing your own procedures creating relationship roadmaps using adversity to your advantage right because we all go through tough times but how do you flip it how do you use it to power you okay 
and then developing your own standards. So these are things that can help anybody, not just not just athletes. Now, there's some stories in there, you know, that covers topics that that resonate with athletes. But I think overall, this book can help um, anyone who is looking to transition into becoming successful in something new, something different. Okay, so make sure check it out. Amazon, the ultimate playbook for high achievement.